Well, just in case all that football last weekend wasn't enough, we are here as the perfect bridge for you to make it to week 11. Uh, Because you, the fans, deserve it. This is the push-off. Welcome to a new episode of The Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. Well, to get you ready for the next, I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, when will the bad man leave me alone, right? That's right, Dan. We were both treated to extra football this week, and I'm not even talking about an 8.30 start to Sunday. It's true. Uh, both our games went to overtime, uh, and you know one's end high the other's end low you know, this is the uh the razor thin margins that is the nfl where these coins fall as to uh how our weeks feel in in terms of our uh we can't always both be happy no that's i mean that's just that's a truism we can't always both be happy that would be absurd um it would be great but it'd be absurd so this week was my week to be uh, horribly depressed, uh, horrifically depressed, and to lose faith in the one shining star that my season has had, which is the Dallas defense. Oof. Um, and then, yeah, I'm I'm riding high, as anybody would think. So, so high. Uh, and that's, it's not a drug reference. No, I'm, uh, no, I'm, I'm enjoying a week where, uh, high on life, my friend. <laughs> I've just been enjoying it from the beginning, so... Uh, we get to, I get to relive it. Dan, I'm sorry you have to stress through it, but also we're heading into a week where again, we both can't be happy because are we not staring right into rivalry week? Oh yes. This is a week where guarantee neither one of us will be happy by the end of it because I think both of us would be pretty pissed off with a tie. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, guaranteed that at least one of us, at least one of us won't be happy with the outcome of, of next week. So, unfortunately, yeah, here we are in, in the doldrums of the midseason push-off. And whereas, what was it, just a few weeks ago, we were I know. we were all golden. Yeah, we were all having a great time. There is a chance both of us leave this game miserable if you win or I win and suffer a major injury. Oh, yeah. Then no, we're no, both fucking We're, we're never going to talk about that stuff. You know, bless all the knees and bless, bless all these the knees. ankles and... And soft tissue and everything. Yeah, just everybody stretch stay healthy right. and just best everybody stretch. best play best. You know um, what? Even at home, fans, stretch. Stretch, you never right. know. Week 10 had a bye weeks for the Bengals, the Jets, the Patriots, and the Ravens, so we'll be talking about their matchups in week 11. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have the news. I don't have – there wasn't any big uh, coach firings this week or GM selling their team so far. <laughs> it's only Tuesday. We'll see. You know, that's that's for when this episode comes out, there'll be something. So for now, let's just jump into the games. Um, 
when trying to decide game of the week this week, you know, you stress over which one you want it to be. And, and I, I looked at every minute of highlight and, and stats and I tried to figure out which one it deserved to be. Uh, Dan, did you have any idea of which one you'd like it to? I thought it might have been the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. I just had a sneaking oh. suspicion that might be it. I don't know why. I- I didn't put it there, but that's not a bad idea. Why don't we just start there? Sure. 33. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> in this in this fake world, what did you put there? Uh, Giants-Houston? That's a very good game, right? Giants-Houston. 33-30. Um, Vikings uh, beat the Bills in overtime. Dan, you picked it. I did. You picked it, and uh, thank, thank God uh, it, you were correct. Um, where to start in this one, honestly? I don't right. it, I guess I'll give you my feelings on it. Um, up and down, I, you know, they they jumped in there, they did pretty good, and then they kind of disappeared. But I I wasn't I wasn't like destitute about it. It was like, well, okay, you know, this this team has done this before. I want to see them in the fourth quarter. I want to see them kind of in this kind of thing. And they did show back up. So even when it looked like they weren't going to win. I was telling myself, I was, well, I was trying to tell myself, you know, like, this is good. This is that good showing because all week was, it might not even be Josh Allen. And then where are you with a matchup with Case Keenum? It's another question mark mm-hmm. over the Vikings for the season. So part of me also was like, bring on Josh Allen, bring on the best there is, you know, perfect time for a midseason test. So might as well have Josh Allen in there. And they did a good job too of being like um i don't know josh hasn't practiced all week i don't know that that i was by wednesday being like hey case keenum to stefan Diggs." that sounds familiar (laughs) i i put it to you this way we've talked about your vikings a lot this year winning the games like closing out games making sure that last year the games they lost dramatically this is the year that they win them y'all won this game don't get me wrong, but oh boy, did you have a lucky set of circumstances surrounding Yeah. Part of me thinks um, the number one reason why the Vikings won this game was Josh Allen choked it away. Josh Allen had an awful, awful fourth quarter again, second week in a row. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Two, or, uh, two interceptions in the end zone to Patrick Peterson and a fumble to end this game for Josh Allen who did throw for 330 yards in this game, uh, hit digs 12 times for 128 yards. They were up. Okay, so trying to get through this game. 27-10 to 10 with under two minutes in the third quarter. Um, it felt like it was over, and, and the answer to that was the long run, the longest play for the Vikings this season by Dalvin Cook. Just tore it off. He's very fast. What can you do? So he one really is. And he's gone. Lightning quick. 81 yards, yeah. <laughs> but bills weren't done at that point. It wasn't like that was the turnaround. They converted like a couple of third and real longs. Diggs had his one-handed snag. They looked great. So when it came time for the Vikings to jump back in this, I mean, they had uh, after the first interception by Pierce in the end zone, which was a fourth and two play as well. So the bills could have kicked a field goal there, put it up by 13, but they tried to put the nail in the coffin at that point. So um, you live and die with those choices and, and and let the Vikings get back into the game here. 
But <laughs> so when I'm saying that I was trying to be like, you know, just a showing is great. I was fine with that until fourth and goal and that Kirk Cousins sneak. Um, now, first of all, that's after I'm jumping ahead. That's after the two minute warning, uh, fourth and 18, you know, Justin Jefferson catch, which is still that. I mean, you, you, everybody's seen it now, right? I'm sure it's been on YouTube. Everyone's watched it. Yeah. Just one handed snags it away. If that cornerback just punches it, it's over because it's fourth down. You got to be situational. And, And I think after the game, he was saying that too. But, um, after that, I'm I'm pissed off that Kirk Cousins is called down at the one there because it was it's a very close call. It very much if it was called on the field touchdown, then they probably don't reverse it, but they decide the column short on the field. And and you look at it and you're like, Well, God, it was at the one inch line. How you didn't get a further push than you did really does kind of give you the loss there. Yeah. So I thought it was over. I was destitute. And so when the fumble happened the very next play, I I think I'm like just laughing, just just lost my mind laughing on that part. So not to LeBron James meme myself, but I'm watching this with a group of like eight guys. It was a buddy's birthday. And uh, I go, you got to have a clean snap here. <laughs> I go, yeah. But literally all I said was, because I think you got a safety coming. You know, well, and and it was sitting there right at the goal line, so they didn't have no room to like take a knee or anything. And we were talking about it. I was like, I was like, well, you really can't take a safety here because then that makes it like a one point game, you know, and then you're giving it back to them, or it makes it a two point they get game. The and ball, then, yeah. Then they get the ball back, and then okay, so you can't take a, you know, I'm doing all the math, and then lo and behold, it's a fucking fumble. And I was like, I was like, holy shit! I just the end of that game was just so phenomenal. And yeah. then and for Minnesota in the in overtime to do what they did, 15 plays in overtime, mm-hmm. absolutely had Still couldn't the get in the end zone. Kirk, Kirk hits uh, Jefferson on another amazing pass down at like the two, and then they move backwards and kick a field goal. Like that was still defeating. Like you want them to be able to punch it through. You want them to have that killing attitude. But it also gives that offense even more credit to uh, – or yeah, I'm sorry. Gives the defense more of a bump to to intercept it there at the end and to end it their way. So you know yep. you, you got your both your ebb and flows there. I don't want <coughs> excuse me. I don't want to sit on this game too long because I just loved it so much. Yeah, you do. You do definitely want. I do. I I would love to talk about the whole show. Um, it's I you know and 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 there's no reason to bring up that one of the Vikings. Uh, goal line plays had 12 men on the field for the bills and and that overtime drive for the or no right before overtime drive for the bills that gabriel davis catch was not a catch on the sidelines you know all of that stuff doesn't it, matter because it the all Vikings goes away. Ended up winning yeah it all so goes away it all goes it doesn't it doesn't even need to be brought up um, i mean i have some things to bring up later on during the cowboys game Oh, that one's coming up, actually. Yeah. So uh, it's not a bad segue because we should move on to that Cowboys game. Um, but, yeah, no, Dan, I'm so just as a Vikings fan and anyone tuned in, let me know. This is one of those quintessential wins that, that you walk away just, you know, uh, walking on the air. It, it was it felt great, and and I, I love this part of the week that I can re, relive it and enjoy it one more time. Scott, uh, how many games have you played this year so far, Vikings? Nine. How many wins do you have? Eight. That's pretty good. That's uh, pretty it's good. best in the league. 
It's the best in the league. Uh, we'll get into all that. And I'm not yeah. even going to argue tied for best in the league because, uh, yeah, the other team that has eight wins sucks dick. Well, you know, tied and and head-to-head and all that stuff. You're just asking about this, the, the record. Yeah, that's all record. you said. Eight wins. Eight, that pure. eight and one is technically best in the league. Pure does. Um, all right. Like you said, let's talk about the other overtime game. These were the best games of the of the weekend. So they legit were. This, is, this isn't even us and, being homers. No, this is how it lines up. Uh, Cowboys twenty eight, Packers thirty one. Uh, we didn't pick this one. Packers looked pretty destitute, but they figured it out in the second half. Uh, I mean, this one was tied up fourteen all at halftime, but it was a story of two quarters in the second half. So, I want to talk about it. The game on mass. The beginning of this game, I got very, very worried because our offense did not look good. I know Cowboys fans are like, Tony Pollard's the fucking man, and Zeke needs to sit the fuck out. Zeke Elliott in this game would have helped us tremendously. Having a one-two punch, instead of having Tony Pollard have to carry the load, it would have been nice to have Zeke in there um, to kind of be a change of pace back. We were not off to a good start. Our first quarter was pretty fucking sloppy. I know we got a touchdown um, right, at, you know, into the second quarter, but mm. it wasn't. It was a rough first quarter. We are better than Green Bay. We're more talented than Green Bay. We are. The fourth quarter became so fucking frustrating because we we come out like gangbusters in the third quarter. We score two TDs. They're down fourteen points in the fourth quarter, and then of fucking course he does. Of fucking course he does. This guy manages to throw two touchdowns to a guy in Christian Watson that had just, sorry, a total of three touchdown passes to Christian Watson. Yeah, and four passes, three touchdowns, yeah. Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, this is the sort of thing that drives me out of my goddamn mind. To couple that with plays that could only be described, to calls by the refs that could only be described as fucking home cooking. A Jalen Tolbert offsides call, an offensive offsides call. And Jalen Tolbert said after the game, I asked the ref if I was on sides and he said yes. And then he called me for a fucking penalty. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? What is this shit? That f- near the end of the game in overtime, when we go for it, and I we went for it a lot in this game. We were very aggressive. I understood where Mike McCarthy was coming from. You know me, Scott. I never disagree with being aggressive. I always go with the thing that is more fun. To have C.D. Lamb get fucking mugged, absolutely mugged. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that was a tough one to to swallow because that one you have to call. Complete horseshit. But we're not going for that fourth and three if if we get that pass, if we get that call, which we absolutely fucking should have. And anybody that says, oh, we should have kicked it from the 35 – Remember, kicking it from the 35 is a plus 50-yard field goal. Yep. I get it. 52-ish is what it looked like about there for that fourth and four choice. You play to win the game. I understand this. I actually agree with it. But as soon as we turned that ball over, I knew the game was fucking over. He was too close. Uh, Mason Crosby only had to hit a 28-yarder. And Mason Crosby can't hit from plus 45. So I thought if the defense kind of, you know, nutted up a little bit, we would have been okay. But I... I can't put this on the offense. I know Dak threw two bad picks. There were, you know, wide receiver miscommunications. Uh, you know, they specifically talked about, you know, um, Dalton Schultz not taking uh, the safety higher um, and basically allowing that to become a pick against C.D. Lamb on a route. 
um, and CD Lamb running a wrong route and basically not flattening off and you know Dak through yeah. things. So yeah, it's, there were some names. Co- yeah, there's two timing interceptions on Dak, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fuck around with that and and cry my eyes out. But we cannot keep having these games where refs are deciding things. And in in most cases, I say, well, you know, you can't hold, you can't make these mistakes. The refs were finding shit. They were absolutely finding shit. And I I was thinking about it, and I tombstoned Green Bay last week. And I'm not fucking removing the tombstone. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But I have a feeling like the NFL is like, well, we can't just let Green Bay slink off. You know, Minnesota's 8-1. and We can't let Green Bay be completely the fuck out of it. We can't let them be five games back with seven or eight to play. We can't do that. We've got to make this shit interesting. And I feel like the fucking fix was in in the fourth quarter. I have not thought all year that the refs were fixing a fucking game. This game felt like that. Felt like a fucking fix. Now, we also can't cover Christian Watson for some inexplicable fucking reason in the fourth quarter when you know the guy is on fire. Why do you Mm. not slide a safety to him? But my God, this game, I'm incensed. Aaron Rodgers pisses me off so fucking bad, and I know he pisses you off too, but my God, this guy pisses me off. Oh, man, we've all been here. I mean, these games, we've all been in these games. Uh and over Aaron Rodgers' career. Cowboys, Vikings, Bears fans, Lions fans, to be sure. Those are the teams probably the most. Um, Hope this guy fucking chokes on sage as he burns <laughs> it alive. And the Christian Watson stuff was like an unfortunate, you know, this guy was talented in college doing this stuff, and finally the Packers figured out how, well, to make sure he, He's finally started catching them. I mean, the, the lights didn't get too bright finally for the kid out of North Dakota that he wasn't because I think he dropped one early in this game. He did, and they he had to be like, "You have one. to, yeah, you got to come back." And so finally, when he caught the long one, broke the tackle and got in, he was like, "Oh, yeah, I remember this." And he got in under his skin, and unfortunate for you, that was against the Cowboys because, yeah, there isn't much of more of an offense between Aaron Aaron Jones still. And finally, Rodgers had somebody that he's like, well, I can, I, I still got the accuracy that I can hit that. So um, I, I want to give you Christian Watson's season statistics. Season. <laughs> for the season, Christian Watson has 14 receptions for 195 yards and three TDs. Against the Dallas Cowboys, he had four receptions for 107 yards and three TDs. What yeah. the inexplicable fuck happened in this game? What did we, why the fuck were we doing this? We can't stop the run to save our lives right now. We've got to get that shit fixed. Is that um, good? Ugh. But we, I think got, we could uh, stop the run if we just got a bigger lead, but I don't know what the, like literally we couldn't stop the run all day. Then we get a two touchdown lead and we're trying to pin our ears back. And then all of a sudden Christian Watson's wide the fuck open. I don't know what happened in this game. I'm just pissed. It, Green Bay was bound to have something like this happen too. A little bounce back, a little little shot in the arm. Uh, do you see them as somebody that? I mean, you said you're not going to remove their their tombstone or anything, but no, they're bullshit. They're bullshit. Yeah. Their defense is bullshit. Their offense is bullshit. Um, play a couple of these games away. I guarantee you, we win this fucking game in Dallas. Guarantee you, we win this fucking mm-hmm. game in Dallas. This uh, you're, I hate them. Ah, it sucks. But your uh, road trip doesn't end you don't get to come home you're you're going to minnesota it's as we as we preface this is rivalry week cowboys and vikings after we finish this episode and get it edited we don't talk 
Until next week's episode. <laughs> the only football texts we exchange are third-party, like, neutral shit. We're like, look at the fucking Browns. Look what stupid shit they're That's doing. That's right. Yeah. If if obviously we need to, you know, keep up with that Titans-Packers Thursday night football game. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, we get, we got to be on that shit. So, um, but no, this is, a, this is a big one because I think if the, this might not be the only time these two teams meet this season, there's a very good chance that this could line up as a postseason one and then uh we are really uh, at uh at our wits end of the of this game but for this let's just talk football let's put aside all of all of the the, uh the evil things we want to say to one another the cowboys and vikings uh i think i'm still picking first this week just because of a layover from the previous week are you uh if you count that we had six games opposite last week and you went four of two and I had a two-game lead already. So we're tied. We're tied again. Yeah. All right. So I'm just going to keep picking first because I think that's the only way to make it fair. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not going to uh, not pick my Vikings. Obviously, it's rivalry week. Uh, let's let's skull. I'm just going to pick my Vikings. I'm uh, I'm obviously not going to pick your Vikings, even though <laughs> you know I enjoy I enjoy watching the the purple and gold. I the Cowboys desperately need a bounce back game. I hope the team is pissed. I hope the team is angry. I hope your team is so ecstatic from the Buffalo win that maybe they were a little lax on their game film, and I hope the Cowboys tighten the fuck up a little bit. Maybe, just maybe, this Green Bay game was a trap game for us. We didn't, you know, Mike McCarthy was so emotional and all that shit, but, you know, maybe we got our game right for uh, for Minnesota, so I'm picking a Cowboys win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this one, it could be Cowboys. I don't think uh, the Vikings have this one running away. Uh, at some point, I fully expect this to be down by 10 or 14 points in this game. But it, it, it's never over. It's never over until it's over May you stay there. Team. May you yeah. stay there, sir. <coughs> Broncos-Titans is my next game on this list. <laughs> what, Why? What a change. There's a method. <laughs> There's a method to the madness. What a slip in quality. Yeah. But honestly, that's kind of where this week goes. Broncos-Titans. Um, this game was 10-7 Broncos at the half. It did come down to the very end. Titans interception there at the goal line. Uh, Russ Wilson is you know, desperately trying to get back into the good uh, senses here, but that one was rough. T- Tannehill is back in, under center here with two touchdowns, both to Westbrook, who had 119 yards in this one. Yeah, Nick Westbrook Aquino actually absolutely blowing up in this game, which is insane. Um, but you're right, there isn't much to this game other than uh, Titans winning another one, taking uh, basically their themselves a strong hold on that division. I mean, every year the Titans run away with the AFC South, and the NFL doesn't care about that. So let's let the Vikings run away with the North. Come on, why not? Um, but the Packers are having the Titans come to uh, Lambeau. This Thursday night, Titans at Packers. See, I already moved on from the Broncos Titans game that we oh, both picked well, correct. I, I do want to touch on it. One, I, I haven't officially done this. The Broncos officially fucking tombstone. Oh, this there was, we go. This was their last opportunity to get this shit right. Was to beat a Titans team that, you know, has never been super fucking impressive. You were, if you could get to four and five, you had an outside chance at three and six. Tombstone Denver Broncos. This Russ Wilson trade is looking awful. Yeah, uh, the injury to the running back Williams. I I liked him, and 
that's thrown them into a mess too. Uh, their defense is awesome. I think I've got a later uh, crazy stat about that. But uh, anyways, the uh, Titans six sacks in this game. So there's the defense going up in this one. Um, but yeah, short week to Lambeau. This makes it an interesting one. So it's Titans at Packers. I cannot forgive the Packers for oh, what they've done. Oh, and I'm me. sorry. I have to pick first. I, I'm just so <laughs> so used from the to being behind of the season, me in the picks. Just, what's up? So used to being behind me in the picks. Is That's right. I just be pausing and just giving it, giving the picks to you. But I'm eating up that two um, game lead. I am going to say that uh, the the Packers on a short week probably take this one. The Titans look fine, but it's it's. Defense and running game, I guess. I mean, that travels. That's what your your plan is here in Lambeau. But uh, I'm not I'm not picking up uh, off a uh, home team, especially not you know when I saw the Panthers win. Oh, <laughs> how are the Panthers winning? Oh, it's at home on a on a short week, so I give it to the Packers. So I am going to go Titans. Um, I seek some level of revenge against these goddamn Packers. I've already tombstoned mm-hmm. them. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take the road team on a short week, but you made the point before, defense and running game definitely travels. Um, I I hope to live vicariously through a few Derrick Henry stiff arms this week. Oh, man, I hope you're right about that one. That'd be great. Um, we're going to move on to another one. Then this game, you know, it doesn't matter in the long scheme of things, but it's sure got some interesting uh, undertones. Colts, 25. Raiders, 20. Dan picked this one. We were opposite in this one, so Dan, this is another one you got over me. How about uh, Jeff Saturday wins his first as head coach for the Indianapolis Colts on the road in Vegas. Oh boy, things just keep getting worse for the Raiders. Um, in this one, Taylor had probably his best game so far for the Colts: 163 total yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Um, Carr had Jacobs and Adams going, but. Um, it was Colts lead. I mean, Raiders had a lead for a second, but it was answered by that long Taylor run. And then the Colts were ahead the rest of that game. And Matt Ryan came back. (laughs) You know, we, that's right. Matt Ryan got the start. We had banished Matt Ryan to, uh, to the fucking uh, nether realm, uh, in exchange for Sam Ellinger. But Jeff Saturday's like, nah, I think I'm going to go with the fucking veteran guy. Jeff Saturday came in here and was like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. Can somebody help me? Can everybody try to, their best to help old Jeff out here? Uh, and then that's exactly what the Colts did. Um, Matt Ryan had a Matt Ryanish game. Jonathan Taylor is what he was supposed to be uh, this year. You got to like it. I, I, it's not on the Colts because the Colts are four, five, and one. They're actually not out of it in the AFC Wild Card or in the AFC South. But Shaq Leonard's out for the year. So their defensive captain, yep. their best defensive player, he's out for the year. So that, you know, Indianapolis Colts aren't really going anywhere. But, man, they needed something like this. Like the organization needed something like this. It needed a win. Um, and it needed a lot of the Jeff Saturday jokes to stop. Um, and it kind of has. Jeff Saturday is now undefeated as a head coach in the NFL. Um, you can't say anything other than that. However, uh, Josh McDaniels is very defeated as a head coach in the NFL, he's two and seven with a Raiders team that was spunky and fun, and he has turned them into morose, putrid, fucking bullshit. What? 
why does Josh McDaniels keep getting opportunities to be a head coach? He turns teams he coaches into shit heaps. It's it's staggering. I'm honestly fucking amazed at Josh J, at Josh McDaniels' ability to do this. It's not often do we see a team or a fire coach in this, their first year. Uh, we got it last year, but that was due to just an ugly off the season stuff with uh, what's his name in Jacksonville. Uh, Urban Meyer, and then we had before that just the Cardinals did it with um, who's currently interim in uh, Carolina, right? What's his name? Uh, Steve Wilkes. Wilkes, yeah. That doesn't. Other than those two, it doesn't even come to mind. Another one would the Raiders with Davis at the helm do it here? I feel like at least he's given him a couple years because, like you said, all these. Oh, I think we talked about this just last week. All of the money's already paying another coach that's not no longer well, there. Uh, so he resigned. We got to remember that. Oh, that's that true. Gruden so they got resigned that in disgrace. Uh, yeah, you can't. You wouldn't have to keep paying him. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money though to eat three years on a coach's contract. Like that is a lot of money. <laughs> you know, that's that's not good. Um, that being said, I don't know the temperature of the team. You know, we haven't been hearing a lot of like, you know. When Josh McDaniels first failed in Denver, all we heard was McDaniels is a huge prick, he's a piece of shit, this guy sucks, he's fighting everybody. We're not hearing that with the Raiders this time, you know? It Well, Derek Carr, did you see Derek Carr's pressers? He's he's in a bad way. Oh, yeah. I mean, Derek Carr realizes he doesn't have too much time, you know? Yeah. He made the decision to stay here. He got his buddy, Devontae Adams, like... Derek Carr feels like this is on him. And I don't think it is. I really just don't think it is. I think this Raiders team is just incompatible. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Nobody seems to fit here with the Raiders. So, to give Mark Davis a little bit of credit, you know, he said this week Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, But, you know, garbage dumps were. You dump enough garbage in one location, you go, oh, that's a garbage dump now. Fuck it. That took a day. That wasn't that bad. Um but I, I worry about this team because if McDaniel stays around, then if Carr doesn't stay around, then you're in a rebuild mode. And is that really what you want to do? Do you want to give Josh McDaniels a rebuilding team? You got Devontae Adams. You thought you were on the cusp of this thing, and now you're 2-7 and seven halfway through the season. This is like the worst situation the Raiders could be in. No major injuries for the Raiders. Just... Yeah. Horrible, horrible play on both sides of the ball. And now this week, the Raiders go to Denver. They're playing the Broncos. This is a AFC West matchup, and I want to flash back where this is week 11. I want to flash back 11 weeks to the beginning of this season where we were given our preface of the year and talking about, man, the AFC West. These They could send all four of these teams to the playoffs. It could very well be. And here we are now. Talking about a Raiders-Broncos game that's destined for the two-minute no offense next week and is probably between two teams at the bottom five of the league. What happened? This division, at the beginning of the season, we're like, what a murderer's row. The only division in the NFL with two tombstones. Yeah. The only one. Both of these teams are fucking awful to watch. So in this tombstone matchup, I'm going to take the Broncos at home. Yeah, just because it's at home. No, you know what? You know what? I'm going to take the Raiders. 
I'm going to take the Raiders. I just, I got a feeling. I, I was about to say Broncos. I think I even said Broncos. But I got this <laughs> feeling that's uh, bubbling up from deep inside. It, it, call it intuition. Uh, but I'm going to go Raiders here on the road. I think the Raiders somehow need this more. I mean, the Broncos have so many injuries across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders just have got to get this win. they got to even it out. And a, a loss here to the Broncos not only fucks them up further in the even outside chance of a playoff, but it also firmly cements them as the number four seed in their own division. I think things get even here. I think they're both three and seven by the end of this week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're, both these teams are bad, so it could be the Raiders. It's just you couldn't beat a Jeff Saturday coach team at home. I'm not. I'm not gonna pick you in the in the thin air. Um, all right, uh, let's. I got one more game before the two minute no offense. Let's talk about Monday night. The Commanders go into Philly. They upset the Eagles, thirty two to twenty one. Wouldn't it be the one week, Dan? <laughs> Where you don't pick against the Eagles. Did I, you pick the Eagles? Yeah, you picked I did, the Eagles. I this picked week. the Eagles. Uh, I was having a conversation with Liz, one of our six listeners, uh, <laughs> and she said, "Of course, it's the week." So I've decided, Scott, I'm picking oh. the Eagles from here on out. Hey, it's Jig City, everybody. From here on out, um, I'm picking the Eagles. I'm wearing fucked up mismatched socks. It's I'm ready to go. I'm putting all my evil mojo. Into these fucking eagles. That's where I'm going for the rest of the year. Unfortunately for for Todd, I would hope one of our six listeners still. <laughs> that's where this podcast is going, man. We have to be eagles forward hatred yeah. now. This from is now very anti eagle podcast season. for the rest of the very year. Very anti eagle podcast. Uh, what's the opposite of fly? Eagles fly. What is it like? Drown. Turkey I, drown? I, I would say die. <laughs> I mean, you could still just say die. Eagles die. You stay within oh. the rhyme scheme. It's the same amount of syllables. Um, there it is we can sing that um anyways (laughs) this game um i mean taylor heineke didn't do great we had one reception was all terry mclaurin on offense and joey mf and sly man if this guy doesn't get uh special teams player of the week he kicked a 55 yarder and 58 yarders four for four thumping him absolutely thumping him this yeah taylor heineke is and i i don't appreciate the fact that They've taken your Kirk Cousins uh, sort of motif. I, you know, they're they're really just chaining up white boys now, and I don't understand this. Hey, listen, Kirk Cousins, trendsetter. That's just all that means. Yeah, all, <laughs> the one positive you have is that, that now Kirk Cousins can wear the title OG. That's and, right, uh, and it is applicable. And mean but it, Taylor yeah. Heineke has absolutely told the Commanders, "There's no reason to bring back Carson Wentz here, guys." There's absolutely no reasons. What was Carson Wentz giving you that Taylor Heineke isn't, except for a weird feeling? You know, that's not what you want. I I think a the little Eagles bit higher uh, view, ceiling. Uh, yeah, no, just view over the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's just pretty much height. it. <laughs> yeah, but it's just he can see, so you can see the fear in his eyes at a lot at a higher level. That's all you <laughs> have. Right now. Um, I I gotta I gotta give a little bit of credit to, uh. I got to give a little credit to the commanders. We talk a lot about teams don't draft to beat, you know, the number one team in their conference. They draft to win their division. And Washington has continuously drafted really, really good defensive linemen. Really good defensive linemen. You might even say they've drafted too many good defensive linemen. Chase Young should be back this week. It's you know just a reinforcing on that. But, Which yeah, they didn't really. I mean, I, Vikings played him a couple weeks ago. It didn't seem like they 
missed him too much. They can still get a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the things that is most impressive is this is an Eagles team that likes to run. Man, they like to run. And it is <laughs> fucking hard to run against Washington. You can ask Miles Sanders. Didn't have a great one. Um, yeah. Jalen Hurts was having a ton of t- you know a ton of difficulty because all they have to do is rush four. You know, you just need a four-man line, freeze up your linebackers. This is a good defense in Washington. Washington's five and five. They're by no means out of it. You know, <laughs> the whole division, whole divisions in it, man. This, this yep. NFC East is fucking tough this year. Um, I I think Philadelphia probably wins this game eight times out of ten. Um, you know, just because you don't have a lot of explosion out of Washington, but. You know, this this is a pretty good uh, recipe for disaster for the Eagles to go against an offensive line like this twice a year. You might see two losses against these Washington Redskins. Oh, Commanders, my apologies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, divisional matchup. You're right. Anything can happen. Um, this uh, Eagles team probably wasn't expecting to get smacked around like they did. They're definitely missing the rookie in the middle of the line for when it comes to running. So the Eagles' defense is having a hard time stopping the run right now, and then the Eagles' offense was having a hard time, yeah, running it against those commanders, and that's where their bread is buttered mm-hmm. is running the football. They uh, set they everything got away up off it. Yeah, and they just kind of got away from it. They're like, well, it's not really working, but we're doing good at everything, right? And then uh, they lost uh, um, A.J. Brown early he came back right he just didn't catch anymore he, he did but he was hurt okay. like you could tell yeah. he was hurt he only had one catch all game and then they uh also lost dallas goddard who won't be back for a f- i think he goes ir so yeah a couple weeks yeah not great here um this is also one of these earlier here's an early crazy stat washington uh second time in three years they've beaten the last undefeated team in 2020, they knocked off the 11 and 0 Steelers. Yeah, Dallas, which did I think that, a that was Heineke ago. too. Yeah, Heineke is a, <laughs> he's a giant killer, man. He's a giant, giant killer. killer. Yeah. So, um, this was surprising for this was nice for me. Obviously, we're cheering against the Eagles this it's year. It's nice for me. We're all happy. You know, everybody's happy. It's nice for the Push Up Podcast. Um, it doesn't mean the Eagle. I mean, the Eagles are still going to be in this. The Eagles are still deep in this. It's just a matter of now that that margin for error has gotten even razor thin for them so they got to be super focused um we would be amiss to not talk about that missed face mask fumble that led to the field goal from 55 yards out Boo fucking who Boo fucking who <laughs> it certainly should have been called but yeah it it doesn't they they had many opportunities to take over that game though they couldn't do it. And the score, 32-21, was only because of this. The last-second yeah. touchdown roll in there. It was close. This yeah. I, I will give credit to both teams. This was a fun fucking game. This was super yeah. fucking close. This was a great – this was this was a hell of a matchup. Um, but, yeah, I, it just – it it sucks that the score looks so lopsided. You know, this was a this was a genuinely fun fucking game. A home loss, though, under the lights. That's that still, I think – rings bigger than just like a, a noon uh well we were looking past this one this one was prime time and the eagles, good, good. eagles lost it and the eagles fans were booing their own team they're eight and one fucking yeah, team. halftime too fuck, yeah fuck you eagles uh they're only they're down six at that point but still we can uh, all they agree grow, cowboys yeah. fans are generally some of the dumbest fans in the nfl like i can oh, admit yeah we, that. i think we've all agreed that most all right all right <laughs> hey i can say it all right Cowboys fans are generally pretty dumb, pretty poorly informed. 
as a rule, Eagles fans no, let's are generally keep up. let's 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 divulge more on your uh, topic you're talking about here. The Cowboys fans being dumb, so slobbering fools. We, I mean, honestly, a vast majority <laughs> of Cowboys fans are like give Dax the fucking problem. It's like, dude, did you watch any games? Have you watched any games? Like no, every fan so says spoiled. Those guys. Yeah. But but they're large and they're fu- and literally they're physically large. These people are three hundred well, pounds. Things are bigger in Texas. They're massive fucking dum dums. <laughs> and and I will say this, they generally don't know who's on the fucking team. Like mm. I'm sure half of them are like, Tony Romo keeps blowing these games. Like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Eagles fans are generally well informed. They generally know who's on their roster. They're very generally very involved in the fucking team. Who is this guy? Okay. What the Eagles fans forget is that they don't play for the fucking Philadelphia Eagles. They, in fact, have diabetes and gout and live in a shitty two-bedroom apartment with their four (laughs) illegitimate bastard children in the (laughs) suburb of Philadelphia. That's what they fail to remember, you know, because they are a piece-of-shit franchise with piece-of-shit fans who live in a piece-of-shit third-rate, not even second-rate city on the worst coast of fucking America. You literally <laughs> drive past Philadelphia so that you can enjoy New Jersey. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Philadelphia sucks. Sorry, Todd. I love you as a person, but Jesus Christ, this place is atrocious. Well, here we go. There's some positive news for the Eagles. They get to escape to Indianapolis this week. They're playing the Colts in the armpit of the nation, Dan. Who do you like? Oh, no, I get to pick first. Eagles at Colts. Uh, I'm not taking Jeff Saturday to go 2 and 0. I'm taking the Eagles, and oh yeah, we already know Dan's pick. Taking the Eagles, baby. Taking the Eagles. Let it. Let the streak continue. <laughs> That's right. Die Eagles, die. Let's sing it up. Um, no, let's take a break before this gets out of hand, guys. We love. We love Todd. We just don't like his team. <laughs> we'll be right back, everybody, with the two-minute offense and the rest of the team. This is the push-off. push-up podcast but when we return for the push-up podcast we start with the two minute no offense because no offense but if you're in this section of the podcast we know who you are and what you're about and it's not fucking good uh and we're just so excited we're always excited for the two minute no offense that's right yeah these are the best these are the games that we really you know if we spent so much time on them well we'd be here all night so we gotta push on Maybe we can do a solid 10 minutes on uh, Los Angeles fucking Arizona. Let's yeah, do no, it. I really need to give my thoughts on Saints Steelers because oh, they're it. going places. Yeah. No, start that clock. And ready to go. We're going to start in the Thursday because it was so long ago when it was Falcons-Panthers, but the Panthers won 25-15. to 15? What? Hey, you know what? We talk about it a lot. Uh, it's, it's home. It's a short week. It helps a ton. 
Carolina looked pretty fucking decent. This wasn't an awful game for them. And their uniforms, fresh to death. Oh, that's right. It was the all-black... Uh, on the night where the Black Panther two came out, was there some cross work there? That oh, there has to be. You know, no, there is no coincidence in corporate America. Uh, Falcons didn't make it a game, but Panthers Panthers lasted longer. There, they got that field goal in. Uh, moving on, the Dolphins dominating the Browns, thirty nine to seventeen. Finally, this is a game I picked over you. Dude. Yeah, I picked this one, Cleveland. Uh, yeah, Cleveland not looking good in a uh, in a division where they're still somehow fucking in it, but 3 and 6 is really really bad. Dolphins look real good though. Tua seems like he's back to his old self. Yeah, when Tua plays, Tua plays very well. Um yeah, Browns in trouble. All right, the uh Steelers beat the Saints. Talked about this game going to be in there. Daniel picked it. It was 20 to 10. It is the first I, I know he has one win as a starter cuz Mitch Trubisky came in and won that game. Um, for him at the end, but this was Kenny Pickett's first, you know, stable to stable win. Um, doesn't look great. Looks like a rookie, but I I see a lot of promise in the kid. Um, it, meanwhile, New Orleans is just flailing. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter who they have in at quarterback. That offense isn't doing anything. And why they're not getting Alvin Kamara the Mar, <laughs> Alvin Kamara the Mar, uh, <laughs> Kamara the Ball more? I just don't fucking understand that shit. Um, especially because he's on my fantasy team. Yeah, no, this game was 10 all at the half, so the Saints just disappeared in the second half. They sacked Pickett six, well, the Steelers quarterback six times. But, uh, yeah, they didn't do anything on offense. Um, and then finally we got Cardinals-Rams, but it was McCoy versus Wolford, and then, you know, it's hard to, to take this game seriously, but oh, the Cardinals won it on the road. That's two minutes, but, yeah, nobody beats backup Colt McCoy. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, they were, Cardinals jumped ahead to this game 17-3, and they just kind of held on to it. But they lost Ertz for the season. He's out with a knee injury. Yeah, I think Colt McCoy got the memo that was throw to DeAndre Hopkins, and uh, that makes a big difference in the game. Yeah. Now it goes. But James Conner had a great one too. So, uh, yeah, Rams just don't look good, man. I mean, they still yeah. haven't figured out if it's Akers or Henderson. Good to see Akers getting back in the game a little bit. But, yeah, they just can't get that running game to go. They're running out of time. The Rams are running out of time to become something here for this year. The the defending champs, where are they going? All right, so we get a good long list of games we can talk about for Week 11, and where I want to start is one that has a chance here of what the news is saying, two or more feet of snow, possibly. Uh-huh. Could we begin a, a snow game? Browns at Bills. Uh, this sounds like a blast to watch. The Bills are going to be... Uh, Super focused and pissed off about that, but uh, a, a big snow game might work against them, given that uh, they are certainly a team that likes to more go through the air than on the ground. And w- when it's that much snow, you almost have to run it. You almost have to have a solid running game. So this makes it interesting. I I can't pick the Browns because this, it's just asking for something weird like that to happen. Sure. And I can't pick it on just weather. So I'm going to go Bills. Can can I put a weather qualifier on this? I get. I mean, how? I guess depending on what your qualifier is. Let's hear it. If it do I have snows, to go out there with a, a yard marker? <laughs> if it snows, how about that? Well, during that Vikings Bills game, it snowed like there was flurries in the air. And I will say, if it snows, flurries in the air. I'll, I'll give you. Browns. I'll give you a wide word. I'm gonna go Browns because I do like the running game, and I have been very loud about this ucl injury 
that I yeah. don't like for Josh Allen. They need to fucking rest him. He needs to actually take a fucking rest with this UCL. I'm going to go Browns here. This is the second week in a row I'm picking the Browns. I keep losing my lead by picking these fucking Browns. Maybe the UCL was making him inaccurate a little bit, but, uh, man, it didn't look like it was bothering him. It did not in that game look like it was slowing him down. So. A little twinge, though. A little twinge. That's all you need. I, I find what it's going to end up is is we're going to be looking at a, a video and arguing whether or not we see snow <laughs> next week. No, no. If, we'll see. if it's an argument, I'll, if it's an argument that, means that there's snow on the ground, I'll, I'll yeah. say there's no snow on the ground. If if we know there's a lot of snow <laughs> on the ground, I'll, I'll go with uh, the Browns. Otherwise, okay. I think the Bills are a better team, start top to bottom, start to finish. But if it just becomes a running game, do you remember the wind game? Yeah. Right? The wind yeah. game with New England and... <laughs> And you're just like, how the fuck did they win this game? The Bills are so much better. How did New yeah. England win this they thing? But Bill Belichick's like, just run. Just fucking don't stop running till it's over. Yeah, and Buffalo can be beaten that way too. So, yeah, the matchup's there for the Browns to walk in there and do it. But it's just like, man, could that keep happening to Buffalo? So I'm not going to pick it. But I, I get your pick. That would, right, that would be uh, three straight losses for Buffalo too. What yeah. a tailspin. Oh, it would put them in a big, big trouble. Especially because their loss to the Dolphins this week, or the the Vikings this week, dropping below the Dolphins and the Jets. They're mm-hmm. third in the division, and that happened in the span of that like last forty seconds of that hey, game. That fumble Cowboys are third line. in the division too. I can't cast aspersions. It's a tough no, division. No. Doesn't mean anything. You just got to get in the dance. Um, Panthers at Ravens. That's another game for next week. I'm obviously don't think the Panthers are going to keep this going out on the road. I like the Ravens. Yeah, not on the road, not with the Ravens off a of bye. Got to be the Ravens. Ravens need this. Um, here's one that makes it kind of tough to choose. It's Rams at Saints. Uh, Cooper Cup going to IR with an ankle injury. Um, dang, this one is a coin flip. It's at noon. It's in New Orleans. The Rams just... I mean, both these both these teams have a lot of problems here. Right? It's tough, man. Stafford is still in concussion protocol. If I'm Matt Stafford looking at this team, why do I need to play in this game? I don't have my, my best homeboy. My running backs don't know what the fuck they're doing. They can't pass protect for shit. And uh, my head hurts and my fucking elbow hurts. Saints offensive line is a bunch of injuries, though. So Aaron Donald can be up there, but the whole game. But uh, he's kind of been the only guy getting pushed on. I'm gonna go Saints. I'm gonna go Saints I, at home. Just pick I, the home team. I'm right there with you. It's it, to me. It's they're both kind of shitty. It's Saints at home. I don't. I feel like the Rams don't need this. I feel like there's more players on the Saints that are playing for their next contract. I feel like a lot of guys on the on the Rams are like, I'm set here. Let's just not get hurt. And they still have Kamara. He's a game changer. He still can take over a game. Very true. Um. Ugh, but that one, yeah, that one could go either way. Uh, Bengals at Steelers. Well, the Bengals coming off the bye. I like them on the road against the Steelers team that still has a lot of problems on offense. Yeah, Steelers may have beaten the <laughs> the Saints. They did not look great doing it. And, yeah, the Bengals off a of bye week, you know, hopefully they, they got in there, fixed a couple things, and they come out like gangbusters. It's fine. Bengals are 5-4, and four, but I still look at them as, like, one of the scariest teams in the league. Oh, That's because weird. when they're on, they're yeah. fucking on. Now, they still don't have Jamar Chase. He'll be back in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, if they can get a productive game out of, out of a couple running backs. And Joe Mixon did just have a five-touchdown game. So right. Not like they and don't I like weapons. Tyler Boyd, and I like uh, they saw T. Higgins, right? Yeah. Like, they got weapons outside of – I mean, you're right. He's a big miss, but, yeah. There's they should dudes. be okay in They've Pittsburgh. 
It's a divisional game, though, so we'll see. Uh, Jets at Patriots. Here we go. This is another fun one because anything can happen here. But I'm I I have to go Patriots because Belichick's always got the Jets number. And that's the only reason why I'm really doing it. He really does. The Jets fans hate him, and it blinds them mm-hmm. uh, to all of Bill Belichick's normal machinations. Um, but I'm gonna take the hot streak Jets here. Uh, the Jets' defense has been really, really good, and the Patriots' offense still has not figured out what the fuck they're doing. And, you know, they're honestly both coming off a of bye week. So, you know, if if Robert Sala did the work that he needs to do against could be any one of three different quarterbacks for New England, um, I, I think this winds up being a Jets win. He just, you know, Zach Wilson's still a young quarterback. Belichick tends to feast on them, but he's not a rookie anymore. So I, I think this is just a barely Jets win. What uh, could fuel them is it is Miami Dolphins have a bye week, week 11. So if the Jets beat the Patriots, they would be in first place in the AFC East at week 11. And uh, then we'd all have to, you know, take I take a cold shower, make sure I'm not in the <laughs> Matrix, wake myself up. And, yeah. yeah, if you've got your smelling salts, this week will be the week. Just make sure. Uh, let's move on to talk about the NFC North matchup, the Lions Beating the Bears by one late in this one, 31 to 30. Back and forth again. The Chicago Bears have uh, been putting on tons of points, and they just can't. They just can't take care of it. But who picked it? You picked the Lions in this I one. I picked the Lions. Okay, and you got the Lions in this one. Then I, I, I can't put you down for that because you had uh, Cardinals. I'm almost positive I picked the Lions. I have to go back and listen then. I'll I thought we both again. had the Bears on the road, at home on this one. If we did, I, I apologize, did. but I thought I had the Lions. Maybe I'm just feeling positive Lion energy. Maybe that's what it is. Um, St. Brown, 10 for 119 in this one. He had a good game. Oh, but uh, this is, I mean, uh, what's funny about this is Lions won it, and Lions should feel proud about it. I mean, first road win for the head coach there. Uh, Dan Campbell. Which, which is rough for Dan Campbell. I'm given that this is halfway through his year, second year there, but it's a big road win. Um, there was 10 to 24 Bears into the fourth quarter. I mean, this thing was, should have been over then. Lions had the nice drive, uh, 24 all by 10:30 left in the game. So they jumped up back into this fast due to the uh, pick six by Fields, but Fields answered it immediately with that 67 yard touchdown scamper. Bit of a scamper. I, I like the word scamper. That's a perfect choice there. <laughs> That's what he had, yeah. I uh, mean, fastest yeah. guy. Fields is lightning fast. He's not Lamar Jackson level, but he's like, if Lamar Jackson is an A, Justin Fields is like an A-. minus. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not a bad level of talent to have. He's a big body. He's 6'3". You know, he's got a good arm. He's fairly accurate. Um, Detroit needed this. Detroit needs this so bad. And this is now a small win streak for the Detroit Lions. When was the last time the Detroit Lions had a win streak? That's right. Yeah, they can really enjoy that. Um, they Also, this is the first time the Lions have come back from down 14 points in the fourth quarter since 1993. Ooh, those are Barry Sanders days. That's a long time ago, my friend. Lost 98 straight games like that until that game. Yeah, and then another fun, crazy stat from this one is uh, Justin Fields' stats from his last three games. Oh, man, I just lost it. Here it is. Uh, He had 441 passing yards, 385 rushing yards, 
11 touchdowns, one interception, but they are 0-3. Build the team around this man. Mm -hmm. Build the team around Justin Fields. That's what Bears fans are saying now, too. I mean, they know that this season, that's fine. They're not going anywhere, so then you don't need to win these games. Collect some draft picks. Oh, yeah. uh, Get him some weapons. What's weird is a big reason why the, you know, Bears lost this game is they got rid of all of their stud defensive players. The guys who, you know, still kind of were somewhat young. I guess you were paying them a lot of money, so maybe well, fresh. The Roquan thing, I understand. He didn't want to be there. You know, he was already at loggerheads with management. Um, and I understand uh, Robert Quinn. He was an older guy. He's an asset. I, I didn't think they got enough for him, but so be it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this could it be? that the Bears are moving towards becoming an offensive team. Could it be? Is it possible that yeah. they're going to start building around offense? I mean, if you have a guy like Justin Fields, when you go into free agency where they're going to have so much money, whether they spend it or not, they'll have so much available money. This is a guy that if I'm like a running back, I know that, hey, they're going to feature the run. If I'm an offensive lineman, I go, hey, they're going to run this fucking thing. You know, I get to really tune guys up and become a run blocker. I would not be surprised to see a bunch of really good offensive linemen come to Chicago in free agency. Maybe not wide receivers. <laughs> you know, maybe they're not as excited about it. But uh, tight ends, running backs, and uh, and offensive linemen. You know, this is the next place to play. So yeah, well, it's and they not talked the worst about that. Cl- yeah, that Claypool trade might have been big because there might be less yeah free agent wide receivers or at least affordable ones by next year. So you go get the guys that you can get now so yeah that's something positive for them and they could use an uptick in offensive line for chicago i believe that's true now the bears go to atlanta this week it's bears at falcons that's an interesting one too i think these are uh two teams that are playing pretty well pretty even honestly right now even though the the records are well four and six and three and seven not too different i'm taking the bears on the road here i just think they're playing a little bit better right now and the Falcons are a little bit prone to giving up the tight ones I'm actually going to take the Falcons at home uh they've got a little bit more rest I know it's a noon game but they they played last Thursday so they've got some time under them these teams both play so similarly you know they feature so much of the run um that being said if the Falcons lose this game I think we see Desmond Ritter uh the next weekend because if if Mariota can't beat these Bears or he can't put up a fucking game against these Bears, I think he's not long for the starting job. Yeah, we've been hearing that going, and I think the only thing that was kind of keeping him in this, the position was them being active in this division. But if Tampa Bay is going to start winning games, then they have to get get going. It's the number um, one in the, versus the number two rushing offense in the league. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, we're going to have a, a lot of – things on the ground maybe the game will be over quickly we'll see <laughs> yeah, this is this is a game we're going to get in in under two hours <laughs> um let's move on we're going to talk about the giants win at home they beat the texans 24 to 16 um mills over 300 yards in this one and he got pierce going on the ground but barkley 160 yards and a touchdown the giants had the lead the whole time and they just kind of controlled it until it was over yeah this you know the Giants could have turned this into a, a slapdown win, and they, they didn't. Um, uh, but, yeah, to your point, I, th- I really felt like they were in control the whole time. Saquon Barkley is going to get killed, though, if they keep rushing him 35 times a game. 
It's kind of their offense, yeah. I, I feel like they're just like, hey, how many more years do we have you, Saquon? One? Okay, great. Uh, run your ass into the dirt. It just, you know, it feels like they're absolutely, you know, wringing out the towel that is the talent of Saquon Barkley, which is a valid way to do it. You know, it's I, I can't fault the results. They're 7-2. and two, But, uh, you know, one injury to Saquon Barkley, and I think this team unravels. Yeah, there's a lot of things built on a house of cards, it kind of feels like, with the Giants. They're um, not deep. They don't like Daniel Jones throwing, like, more than 20, 25 times a game. So if they had to, like, come back in a game where you didn't have their run, your running game to your, you know, and you're down two scores or something late in the game, it's going to be hard for the Giants to do that. They're not really built as a team like that. So it's going to be interesting to see when they run into that late in this season or playoffs. Um, but, yeah, you keep looking up, and you're like, but 7-2. and two. I mean, they're hanging out yeah. there. This is a very tough division in there. Uh, they are neck and neck with both your your Cowboys and those Eagles. Very true. Um, Texans, you know, they're playing spoiler again. They're sitting there at the bottom. We don't have to pay a lot of attention to them. Uh, they are at home with the Commanders coming to town here for Week 11. Commanders at Texans um, because I just, you know, I feel like the Texans are – Nothing to be excited about. I'll, I'll go with these commanders and uh, Heineke, uh, you know, experiment that is happening. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think we officially tombstoned the Texans, and I want to explain why. Okay. Because you tombstone uh, when you dig a grave for someone and you put them in that grave, you put a tombstone to say this person is dead here. When you see a collection of loose bones on the side of the road... You don't put a tombstone next to it. You go, oh, the animals got into that one. That's what the Texans are. You know, they don't they don't have a place of burial because someone just threw their corpse against the side of the road when they decided to hire Lovey Smith and make him the head coach, and they just left them there, and they've slowly decomposed over the course of a year. So uh, they don't have a tombstone because they're just a, a loose collection of uh, scraps right now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they're done. We don't need to worry about the Texans for the rest of the year. So you're with Commanders too, then for we. I have to, I have to go Commanders because uh, I, the Commanders are not Tombstone and uh, they are facing a corpse. Yeah, yeah, makes sense, you know. And then uh, Lions are on the road. They're playing the Giants here in New York. Um, I'm hoping the Lions give them everything and uh, win another one here on the road. I'll be cheering for them, I guess. But uh, I think the Giants have that one, and they can go eight and two with the win. I'm picking an upset. Okay. I'm picking the Honolulu Blue to beat this New York Giants team. I I just got a feeling, you know, Dan Campbell is going to strap it up. We're going to see him playing tight end this week. Uh, <laughs> it's going to get real weird out there, but I'm, I'm going to pick a Detroit team that's been pesky and spunky. I'm going to pick Detroit having a three-game win streak. And also I need the Giants to lose, so this is really just, you know, more wishful thinking than anything. All right, well, then I'm going to put a uh... – um, just in case on this game, if oh. Dan Campbell actually does play off the Lions, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got the Giants on that one. Um, only a couple more games here before we wrap it up for the uh, week. I want to talk about the Sunday nighter where the 49ers beat the Chargers. This was a tight one, pretty much the whole way through, sixteen to twenty-two. Chargers had the strong lead in the second quarter, thirteen to three at one point, but. 16 to 10 at the half. 
It was 16-19. 49ers took that lead in the mid-fourth. And uh, they added a field goal with a minute left, but it didn't really matter. Um, Herbert's interception ended it. We we both picked this game correctly just simply because we we said, who here still has a functional Bosa? Yeah. Um, Nick Bosa is unfucking real dude Nick Bosa was a problem in this game and I love watching the dude play and it's it's not something that always shows up in in the stat lines he got one stack one sack three tackles for loss but he was in the fucking backfield causing pressure like every other play felt like a Joey Bosa pressure this guy was fucking all over the field um I I didn't learn a lot about either team. Like we kind of expected this to happen with the Chargers. Um, they got to get a running game going that isn't just Austin Eckler. Um, they're five and four. They're still on an outside shot for the wild card, but they need guys to come back healthy. Um, San Francisco just needs to keep doing what they're doing and uh, you know giving Christian McCaffrey the rock a little bit more. Um, but yeah, he got a touchdown, got involved. You know, had only like eighty yards from scrimmage. But yeah, this. This is a 49ers team that is suddenly very scary. Um, you don't want to run into them because they play good defense, they run the ball, and they've got gadgets plays, and Jimmy Garofalo just might fuck your girlfriend the week before you play um, and really get in your head. You don't know. No one can turn them down. You know, now both these teams, the Chargers and the 49ers, second in their division at 5-4. and four. Uh, But you're right, I feel much different about the Niners than I do the Chargers. The Chargers. Oh, yeah. A lot of injuries. I mean, even uh, Herbert had to go out for a couple plays in this one when Greenlaw almost took his head off on that hit. He gets ejected for it. And I don't think Greenlaw meant harm in that way, but, man, it was a violent hit. and you Still sucks. Yeah. that's. I don't know what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Um, the uh, Yeah, so we saw a little bit of uh, Chase Daniel. That was fun. Um, <laughs> he, he didn't seem like he was having a great time. No, uh, the but you're right. The Niners with their defense, and then Christian McCaffrey, they got all these weapons that they they do look very scary. Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, it's just they'll go as far as Jimmy Garoppolo will get them, and then you know, you know what he is, you know where he can do it, and he could kind of get you there. Is it enough? We'll see. Um, they are on the road playing the Cardinals Monday Night Football. This is a good time to bring up if you saw the first episode of Hard Knocks Arizona Cardinals in season. We haven't brought it up yet. That's true. Um, it was great. Buda Baker giving a rousing speech, and, you know, we're just watching the Cardinals fucking lose. And we didn't talk about it at all, did we, in the last last episode? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury seems like he sucks. <laughs> Kyler Murray seems like he also sucks. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins seems like he is exactly the kind of madman that I remember him being during that old Texans hard knocks when it was J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, where, where DeAndre Hopkins walks up to somebody and just goes, I fear God. And that was it. And you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about, DeAndre? <laughs> but, yeah, the dude is just, he is different. He is a fucking great wide receiver. And it's, you know, he makes he makes the Cardinals respectable. It's not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's got a lot of ability, but you just he seems like a bit of a fucking head case and a bit of a whiner. Um, and Cliff Kingsbury, I don't mean this in a negative in the you know in a way. I guess I do mean it in a negative. I've never felt more feminine energy 
from an NFL head coach in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's, you know, I love women. We all love women, but there's something about feminine energy from your head coach where it's just like, I don't know, guys, see what, see what you want to do. Like, see, see, I don't know, guys, what do you think? Like, get the fuck out of here. Make a decision. Christ. You know, it's like talking to my wife, trying to pick dinner. You know, just fucking decide. Call the fucking play and don't go give me shit. You want sushi? Get sushi. Jesus. I'm very interested to see where this yeah season goes for them. I feel like it it could be leading to like a wheels coming off scenario. Um, he's playing. If if Kingsbury doesn't make the playoffs, it's a a strong opening that they could move on and fire him. But him and Kyler Murray, like that was the pairing they set up, and they just gave oh, Kyler yeah. Murray all this money to stick around and. Yeah, you're right. That so far he doesn't look great on camera, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think Just, that was a good. I mean, we talked about it before. I didn't think that Kyler Murray deal was a great deal. I no. thought you had room to be like, well, why don't you fucking crush it this year, and then we can have a conversation. Um, I thought they rushed to that extension. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he wasn't happy. It was kind of an ugly off season. They wanted to move it, and the the study clause, all that stuff's kind of some mess. Um. In the long run, though, let me go back to this game, Niners-Cardinals Monday night. I got to get the Niners on the road. I agree with you. In the desert. They just look better. You know, Kittle's back and healthy, and, you know, they got a good running game (laughs) that's multifaceted. I I don't think the 49ers are going to get any better than they are right now, but where they are right now is pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk about the Chiefs. They beat the Jaguars 27-17. Uh, not much in this one too. We can kind of gloss over, but uh, Jaguars didn't do bad. Two touchdowns, nope. everything was going there except, you know, the Chiefs turned the ball over three times in this game. And yeah, here's the stat. This is one down in the crazy stats here. Teams in 2022 were 22 and 0 in games where they were plus three in the turnover differential, but the Jaguars <laughs> just lost to the Chiefs this week by 10 points. Where they were plus three, they had they won the turnover differential in this game three over the Chiefs and still lost by ten. I feel like the Chiefs are just trying to make it interesting. Honestly, right. like at at any point in this game, were you like, oh god, the Chiefs are in trouble here? Like, no, I never that felt was that what it was. That's what this game was. Was like the Chiefs are in control even when they turned the ball over. Yeah, it just felt like here you guys play a little bit now. <laughs> like that's it. Almost felt like they were giving a ball back to like their little brother who they knew yeah. wouldn't do anything with it. So, Mahomes, I mean, four touchdowns, Chiefs, five sacks. Yeah, he's fucking great. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I'm just not impressed with Trevor Lawrence. We talked about this a lot. The guy just does not impress me. There's nothing mm-hmm. in his game that, like, really makes me, like, it doesn't pop out at me. You know, he doesn't have those throws like Joe Burrow has where I'm like, wow, what a window. He doesn't have those throws like Josh Allen where I'm like, wow, what an arm. He just seems meh. He seems like a long-haired you know, not this year, but a long, long-haired last year's Kirk Cousins. Does that make <laughs> sense? Where yeah. you're like, I don't know if you're ever going to be the guy. You know, you might be enough, but I don't know if you're ever going to be the guy. Now, this year, Kirk Cousins, all these gold chains, I'm sure he's going to put some fucking fronts on here momentarily and really <laughs> get crazy. Um, well, I'd say something nice about the uh, Jaguars. One thing I would say about, you know, Jaguar news is uh, maybe Christian Kirk is worth the money. Yeah, that's actually the weird thing is like, of all the crazy signings we had in the offseason, we're like, what are you doing? Christian Kirk is like, hey, that might actually have been a good signing. Like, Christian yeah, Kirk looks good. He looks really good. He's kind good. of fit into number one, his stats and everything, and how much wide receivers are getting paid. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's high, but 
he's being used right, so it kind of works. Christian, Christian Kirk has seven TDs this year. Yeah. We're oh, no, he's season. on my fantasy team. He's doing quite well. He's got almost 700 yards. I mean, he's having a career year, and it almost makes you, you know, we talk about Cliff Kingsbury not doing great. Um, it almost makes you look at Cliff Kingsbury and be like, well, why didn't you use him better? Because mm. he's clearly pretty fucking good. You yeah. know, and you all let him walk away. I know you had DeAndre Hopkins, but imagine if you had DeAndre Hopkins and this Christian Kirk. You know, that's a pretty good tandem. Yeah. Um, they trade. Yeah, they traded for Hollywood Brown. Didn't he get hurt? Cardinals. Yeah, he got hurt. He hasn't been playing for the past couple games. So things things change with injuries too, but we'll see. All right. Uh, Chiefs at Chargers Sunday night football. They're in L.A. Um. I still like the Chiefs in this one because, you know, there probably still would be most Chiefs fans in the stadium, and it's a primetime game. Yeah, give me Chiefs. Yeah, it's hard to pick against the Chiefs this week. I mean, you know, we talked about the Chargers, and maybe if a couple guys get healthy, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like Chiefs all day. And that's all the games for Week 10, even though – or excuse me, all the games for Week 11, even though we haven't completed all the games – from week 10, I'll explain here. Jacksonville Jaguars, bye week, week 11. The other game was the uh, game in Munich, Germany, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Seahawks 21-16. to We both had the Seahawks in this one. We, we did. did not fire the cannons. Tom Brady wins in a fourth country. <laughs> oh, God, really? Because I guess he won once in London and uh, Mexico as well. Yeah. He's won a decent amount... I mean, wait, did he ever win in Canada when Buffalo was playing in Toronto? I don't think so. Oh, damn. That was an opportunity. He missed it. Maybe he'll have to play another 10 years to get another shot <laughs> at it. Maybe, yeah. Get it going. <laughs> playing playing till his AARP membership. Um, yeah, Seahawks didn't look great in this game. Um, they, they couldn't really get the run game going at all, um, which against the Buccaneers, like you're running against Vita Vea, that's pretty fucking tough. Um, Tom Brady just kind of felt like he took the game over. Um, somewhere in the second quarter, and then just never let it go. I mean, Seattle made a valiant effort um, on a really bad Brady interception in the fourth quarter um, and got this game back close. But, you know, Tampa Bay had it pretty much in hand through the third quarter um, and it into felt the early like fourth. Yeah, it felt like the, it was like, well, okay, Tampa's kind of got this game down. Um, they, yeah, they, the uh, Seahawks couldn't run the ball, and that was the biggest difference. Um, they gave up because Kenneth Walker just couldn't get it started. And when the Seahawks can't run the ball, that's half, that's most of their offense. Geno Smith still threw two touchdowns, but you could tell their hands were a little bit tied there. Now, yeah. uh, I they complained and complained about that field. I think both tides did. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time the NFL's played a game out there. So this one could also be a wash where it's like, well, we can't really pay attention to this one because of where it was played and, and the circumstances and everything when it comes down to it. Unfortunate for the NFL, unfortunate for the Seahawks, this could be very big when it comes to seeding in the NFC. Absolutely. If they can keep ahead of the Niners, Tampa Bay is going to probably win the, East, or the South, and there you go. You're talking about who, who plays who based on this game when it comes down to winning, if both these teams hold on and win their divisions, yeah, it's a it is still a conference loss. Uh, doesn't matter that it's across the fucking world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's still it's still not great for the Seahawks. But once again, I don't think this 
this doesn't negatively affect my perception of the Seahawks. It really doesn't. And right. it doesn't really positively affect my impression of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They still seemed very disjointed on offense. It just seemed like they had one good quarter and held on, and the Seahawks could never find their footing. So, yeah, once again, Tampa Bay still doesn't scare me. Seahawks don't scare me, but I, I feel like they're at least a playoff team. Tampa feels like they may make the playoffs, but they don't deserve to be there. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, yeah. If Tampa makes the playoffs, though, then it's Tom Brady. Anything can happen. You know, it starts getting scary that way, I think. So, don't we'll let see. It be. Somebody hit that motherfucker. Yeah, we'll see what happens here at the end of the season. Um, I think, too, this was a, like the first time a international game against two teams that were first in their division. Oh, really? That's surprising. Yeah, because you got the, a lot of times is the Jaguars in London. Or whatever. <laughs> That's true. Figured out a way not, that, that didn't line up until the season. But you had a lot of games uh, scheduled for international this year. In fact, there's still, I think, the Mexico one to play. I think that might be all that's left. I don't know if there's any more uh, early thirty starts. Given that it's uh, in there, there's no, there's not a Mexico City one or anything like that. They were doing not this year, no. Okay, then that might have been it. Yeah, because um, we got like we've already had three out there in London. And can you be- one. can you believe though that right now the <laughs> if you look at the top ten of the draft picks, Houston's number one, Vegas is number two. Carolina's number three, picking fourth. Can you guess who it is? Is it the Eagles with it's the Saints the pick? It's the fucking Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Picking fifth, the Jaguars, that makes sense. Sixth, the Bears, that makes sense. Seventh, the Seahawks with the Broncos pick. So Houston has two top ten picks right now. Uh, but, man, oof, rough. Yeah. And the Lions have um, two. The Lions have two. They have uh, pick 11 and they have pick number eight right now. I was going to say, I think the Lions were coming back up with another one. The uh, Seahawks and the Buccaneers, because they were all the way over there in Germany, they were in bye week for week 11. So that wraps up our bye weeks, and that wraps up week 11. That's why the picks were already done. The NFL picks in now this week because, Dan, you had that nice turnaround week. I I jump ahead to get by two, and you you jump on it right away. We both have 84 correct for the season. Um it's not great, honestly, in no, the long no, scheme of not. things. My uh, my mom's still picking, you know? Yeah. You know where she's at here for, let me pull it up to make sure I have it correct, for the season? 90s? I think she's at 89, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah she's good. She knows her shit. <laughs> so we got to still catch her. Um, all right, so let's wrap up the show. Thank you guys, though, so much for listening for another week of the Push Off Podcast. We do this show every week. We are... Uh, already halfway through the season over halfway through and from this point on you know playoff stuff will start happening and and uh line us up for the remainder of uh of the 2022 season where are we gonna be we got rivalry week and so if we are talking we'll be back here next week (laughs) to to recap (laughs) that one in all the games all right dan crazy stats i got some oh yeah um that bill's game there that bills have won the last 52 games when leading at home by 14 or more at half uh the last loss was actually to the dolphins in 1968 my god yeah that was that's dad this is so long ago um 
I talked about the Jaguars turnover differential. The Bears are the first team in NFL history now to score at least 29 points in their last three games and still lose all three. Good Lord. So that's, that's that's crushing. That was just that's selling off that defense. That's what happened when they, they got rid of everybody there. And then we talked about Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel sighting and Saturday night fo- Sunday night football. He has made a he has made forty three million dollars on a hundred and seventy eight completions over his thirteen year career. The best position in all of sports to play is backup quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Clipboard Jesus. Oh, I thought that um, was uh, what was his nuts from Clemson. It is, uh, what was the for the Chargers? Charlie Whitehurst. Yes, Whitehurst. Yeah. Been just saying like the clipboard, the clipboard holder, the guy, the backup quarterback for yeah. Chase Daniels done it. Yeah, nice thirteen year career. Good for him. Um, Good for him. The Denver, if the Denver Broncos have score had scored eighteen points in every game this year, they'd be eight and one. Oh my God. Oh. So, so the Broncos' defense is playing. Yeah, and they gave away Bradley Chubb for fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah, then gave away Bradley Chubb. Yeah, so it probably won't stick around that that stat, but that's a great one. Um, and then, Dan, uh, you want to take a guess on the top five uh, rushers in the league? Top five rushers? I'm going to say Bradley Chubb, Derrick yep. Henry. Yep. Um, this is no particular order, but yes. Who else, yes. Who else we got? Give me some hints. Um, well, those two are up at the top with one guy too. That, uh, um, let's see, he's on a team in your division as well. Oh, Saquon, yeah, of course. Saquon. How am I forgetting? Okay, Saquon? so those three are are much at the top, and then there's a little, there's probably a hundred yards, and then a drop down between these guys. Uh, one, a rookie. Oh, Kenneth Walker. No, really. Damian Pierce. Oh, I forget he's a rookie. I thought he was a second-year man. That's my fault. Yeah, and then the last one, um, he's in the uh, he's NFC North. Is it Aaron Jones? No, nope, NFC North, uh, Chicago. Justin oh, Fields. Oh God, Justin Fields is there. Justin Fields my is goodness. fifth in rushing right now. Wow, that's phenomenal. So those are your five-five rushers, and those are your crazy stats for this episode that's what we got for you guys this week thank you so much for listening but dan please send us away with some parting words of wisdom so i actually have uh two bits of two bits of wisdom here um chase daniel has been in the league so long uh he was in the league when the missouri tigers were actually still in the big 12 so that was a long long time ago um they've been they've left the big 12 in 2011 so long long time um that's for the that's for the people listening and then my words of wisdom are for you scott this week because it's Uh rivalry week yeah rivalry week you need to remember that no matter what happens this week we're friends but if the vikings win i'm changing my hulu password and you're not getting it back (laughs) Ooh. I really have to pick my bells here. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys uh, so much for listening uh, to what might be the final episode of the Push Up Podcast. <laughs> the Hulu password is the only thing holding us together. At this point. Will we return? Will we return next week? 
I don't know. We'll see what happens after that game at 325 on Central Standard Time Sunday. I know we'll no. both be watching. That's yeah, for sure. We'll, yeah, you know where our eyes will be. Thank you guys, though. Uh, we hope your ears will be here next week. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We'll see you then. Or here, you know, you'll hear us then. Goodbye. Goodbye.